Welcome to Strategy Saturday. I'm Charles Crillo, and today we're going to be discussing what is lost to lease. Have you always wanted to invest in real estate, but didn't have the time, didn't know where to find the deals, couldn't get the funding, and didn't want tenants calling you? Since 2006, I've been buying income-producing properties in great locations that provide us with consistent passive income while we wait for appreciation in the future and take advantage of tax laws while we're waiting. And unlike your financial advisor, we invest alongside our investors in every property we purchase. Check out investwithharborside.com. If you like the idea of investing in real estate, if you like the idea of passive income, partner with us at investwithharborside.com. That's investwithharborside.com. Loss to lease is an important metric that is utilized during the analysis of commercial real estate. Loss to lease is the difference between an actual rent and market rent of a property. Loss to lease is usually a separate line item on an accounting or underwriting spreadsheet, making it easy to identify. Commercial real estate brokers will include the loss to lease number in their marketing materials to show the property's full potential. Now, loss to lease merely indicates the difference between the actual rent of the property and its potential income. If units were rented at market rates, the loss is not actually a cost the owner needs to pay, and only units that are rented are considered in the loss to lease calculation. So an example of loss to lease would be a property that had 10 units each rented at $900 per month. However, the market rent for each of those 10 units was $1,000 per month the property would have a $12,000 annual loss to lease. $100 of monthly loss to lease per unit times 10 units in the building times 12 months equals $12,000. So why does loss to lease occur? Well, loss to lease is common properties that offer a free month of rent as a new rental incentive. If a property offers one month of free rent, that unit's free month will increase the property's loss to lease since the property is not capturing the full market rate annual rent for the unit. If the tenant stayed one more year and there were no additional rent incentives and the rent was increased to the current market rent, there would be no loss to lease for that unit. Say, for example, a property rents a unit for $1,000 per month, which is market rent for the unit. But in order to incentivize new tenants and move-ins, the management offers one free month of rent. Now, this unit has an annual loss lease of $1,000 for the free month rent. Now, say the tenant signs a new lease for the second year at $1,050, which is the new market rent, and this second lease has no free month of rent included. This unit now has no annual loss to lease, which is exactly the business plan that property managers want. They'll give you the free month, hoping that the person's going to stay more than 12 months. Another cause of loss to lease is rising market rents in fast-growing areas. Market rents are growing faster than the contractual rental amounts. Another reason would be port management. Properties with absentee owners and or managers will most likely have a lost lease since they are not raising rents in order to market and are usually not resigning annual leases with tenants, but just keep them on a verbal month-to-month leases. This is very common with mom and pop property owners or property owners that have owned their properties for many years. So why is loss to lease important to commercial real estate investors? Loss to lease is an important metric because it displays the property's potential income and if all units were rented at market rent. This shows a potential buyer what money has been left on the table by the current owner. Now, one word of caution here is when I review a broker's marketing materials for a property, it is normal for the brokerage to use a very high market rent numbers which will show a much higher loss lease than maybe there actually is. With one property we sold last year, the broker's market rent numbers were very high. Not saying it would not be possible to achieve, but it would be very difficult and it would have been reckless for the buyer to use those numbers alone without doing any other 
due diligence in the marketplace. Now, owners should be regularly reviewing their lost lease, especially with larger properties where there are consistently new tenants moving in and existing tenants resigning leases. The property manager and owners should always be discussing market rates, rent increases, and possible incentives that can be offered to new tenants. Now, raising rents to fix lost lease is a very delicate procedure. And it's one thing for raising rents to market when a new tenant moves in, but it's another thing to raise rents with existing tenants. Going one step further, it's another thing to grossly raise rents after purchasing a property. Now, one topic uh, that I come across and I hear from new multifamily investors, if they purchase, say, three units and they feel rents are, say, $400 below market value per unit, and they just are thinking they're able to just raise the rents $400 and the tenants will not, will not only stay, but they'll also pay this $400 more. That is usually not the case. And in most situations like this, the tenants are going to leave soon after or just stop paying rent altogether. Raising rents is risky if it's not done correctly. If you have properly maintained the property and you're asking for a minimal rent increase of a few percent, you probably won't have any issues. If you start asking for double digit increases, you better have done some dramatic upgrades to the property. When we purchase an apartment complex on day one, we start making repairs, interior, exterior, upgrades to the property. Tenants will notice that and they will appreciate it. And this makes the conversation of the rent increases much more manageable. And we are renovating the interiors of units. We will renovate some units once they become available and then re-sign other tenants to new leases for the units that we do not plan to renovate at that same time. During these lease renewals, we want to keep as many good tenants as possible at the property and we'll usually offer them some minimal rent increase at their current unit while offering them the ability to move into some of our already renovated units at the property in order to keep the good tenants at the property. So I hope you enjoyed. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, submit comments and potential show topics at globalinvestorspodcast.com. If you're interested in actively investing in real estate, please check out our courses and mentoring programs at syndicationsuperstars.com. That is syndicationsuperstars.com. Look forward to two more episodes next week. See you then. Nothing in this episode should be considered specific, personal, or professional advice. Any investment opportunities mentioned on this podcast are limited to accredited investors. Any investments will only be made with proper disclosure, subscription documentation, and are subject to all applicable laws. Please consult an appropriate tax, legal, real estate, financial, or business professional for individualized advice. Opinions of guests are their own. Information is not guaranteed. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The host is operating on behalf of Syndication Superstars, LLC, exclusively.